Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. And on today's episode, we want to continue our discussion on the nature of God, part two, the nature of God. And on last week's episode, we talked about the attributes of God, the characteristics of God. What does God look like in terms of his character, not physical features, because God is spirit. But more or less, what does the Bible say about who God is and who God is not? So these are called God's attributes, his characteristics, uh, the way that we describe God when we are dialoguing with others, the way that we approach God. All this has to do with who he is and what he's revealed to us about himself. So we want to go through some of the attributes that the Bible say about God. The reason why this is important is because in today's society, we have too many people mischaracterizing who God is. Too many people saying God is like this or God is like that, in which these statements, many of them are inconsistent with what the Bible has said about God or what God has said about himself through the scriptures. So as believers, as Christians, we need to have a sober perspective on who God is authentically, not just regurgitating or restating what we've heard or what we've been taught. Everything we hear, everything that we've experienced ought to be filtered by the word of God. So it's important for us to have a sober perspective on who God is. Now, we talked about the consequences of not having an authentic view of God. Things like the uh, Jim Jones and uh, his followers and how they were misled Uh, has a large part to do with their view of who God is and what God has said through his own word. And in reading the Bible, looking at the Bible from a hermeneutic perspective, and hermeneutics is the science and art of biblical interpretation, we know that the Bible warns us to be careful of false prophets And when people tell us things, whether it's inside the church or outside the church, that's inconsistent with scripture, it behooves us. It's to our benefit to follow what the scriptures say versus what man is saying. And it's also important before you know what the scripture says to make sure you practice hermeneutics, to to make sure that your, your interpretation is correct. So all of this is involved. But when it comes to God, We can't afford to not know what the Bible says about God for this society uh, has a lot of people that thrive on misleading others. So on today's episode, again, we just want to revisit this whole concept of God's attributes or God's 
character, uh, characteristics. The first attribute that we talked about was aseity. That's A-S-E-I-T-Y. A-S-E-I-T-Y. And what this word signifies is that God does not owe his existence to no one or to nothing else. God is, has always been, will always be self-existent. He's the only uncaused causer. Let me explain. Uh, God, because he's been self-existent, that nobody started him up. Uh, God doesn't have a beginning. God doesn't have an end. God has always been eternal. He owes his existence to no one else, but yet he created the universe. He, God is uncaused, but yet he caused the universe to come into being. So when I say he's the only uncaused causer, that's what that signifies, that God is uncaused, but yet he caused the universe to come into being and he created us. So he as creator, he's the uncaused creator. So God has to be accepted by what he's revealed to us through scripture. He is uncaused. Then someone may be saying, well, doesn't every uh, effect have a cause? The effect is that God exists. So doesn't God uh, have a cause? No. Once again, God was not created. God does not have a beginning. God does not have an end. God has always existed. He, 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 he's self-existent. No one started God. Uh, nothing started God. He has always been eternal. And this is this classifies as a mystery in terms of us not knowing uh, certain things about God and uh, his existence. But we can go by faith that God is eternal. He's self-existent, meaning that no one started him up and he owes his existence to no one or no thing. This means in terms of his society that God does not have to check in with anyone. When God gives a commandment, whether we agree with it or not agree with it, no one can overrule him. Let's listen to Job. Job chapter nine, verse 32 and 33. Job says, for he is not a man as I am, that I might answer him, that we shall come to trial together. There is no arbiter. There is no arbitrator between us. That's Job 9, 32 and 33. So Job had it right. Job desired because of what he was going through that he could appeal to someone else outside of God because of what he was experiencing. He felt as though God wasn't hearing his plea. But Job understood very well that there was no one else. That only God could hear his pleas. Only God could hear uh, his, uh, or give an answer. Job understood that because of God's aseity, that he couldn't get around talking to God or having to deal with God or having to lean on God during his uh, trials, during, during his tough times, during his uh his test, he couldn't go anywhere else but to rely on God. And that's the lesson that we can learn. That's the lesson that you can learn. It's a lesson that I can uh, that I can learn from my life that when we going through tough times, there's no one else that we can rely on perfectly but God. 
We may not fully understand what's going on, but we can trust God. We may not be able to figure everything out, but we can trust God. We may not be able to tabulate everything. We may not not be able to configure it. We may not be able to uh, manipulate the situation on our own, but we can trust God. We may not see clearly what's going on, but we can trust God. And that's what Job was saying, that because of God's aseity, there's no way around him. God's prescriptive rules are absolute. So there is no appellate court that can overrule his commandments. His aseity signifies that his laws concerning human behavior cannot be repealed. There's essentially then no one else, as Job discovered, to hear our calls outside of God. For he is the ultimate king who has no co-regent. Due to his aseity, God's blessings toward us are at his discretion. And he does not need to check in with me. And he doesn't need to check with you. When God decides he wants to act, he acts on his own. He doesn't have to check in with anyone else. His aseity implies total autonomy. No one created God. For he has always existed. So as a result, his decisions are final and his decisions are his own. That is God in terms of his self-existing attribute and his aseity. Then the next characterization of God is his omnipotence. Meaning that God is all powerful. Omni meaning all and God is uh, uh, potent. God is all powerful. And if we look at um, the scriptures, uh, such as Luke one thirty seven, the angel reminds Mary that nothing is impossible with God. In other words, God has all power. If he desires for a virgin to become pregnant without uh, being with a man, God can make it happen. Why is the virgin uh, conceiving so difficult for some people to embrace when the first miracle to me supersedes the virgin birth? The first miracle was the creation of the universe. If God can create reality, if God can create the earth, if God can create everything in it, including human beings, then why can't he make a virgin pregnant so the angel is right nothing is too hard for our God then Ephesians 3:20 reads now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us God's ability is far more abundant than our own abilities for his Uh, uh, abilities are far beyond all that we ask or think that's God that that's an attribute of God's potency God God is all powerful for God lacks nothing God God has no uh, potentiality God is uh, totally and fully actual so when God decides he wants to do something it's done He doesn't have to try to do it. God just does it. God has all power. He has power 
to enter intercede on our behalf. He has power to uh, uh, do miraculous things. He has power to create uh, uh, something out of nothing. God has power to uh, quicken dead people like we were. And if God can save us, sanctify us, keep leading us through the valley of the shadow of death, what is it that he can't do? God can do all things. The only thing that God cannot do is to do anything that counters his nature. God will not do anything that goes against his nature. Uh, Sometimes we hear people pray and they're praying uh, for things that's inconsistent with scripture. And God is not going to answer those prayers because it's inconsistent with what he's already uh, foretold or, or, or what he's already prescribed in the scripture. So God is not going to endorse prayers that goes against what he's already uh, said in, the, in, in his word. So it's important for us to understand that God has all power and he exercises powers perfectly and he exercises power under grace and mercy. And I thank him for that, uh, for his omnipotence. Give me hope knowing that there's nothing that my father uh, cannot do. There's nothing that my father uh, is limited in terms of being able to uh, fulfill the things that he said he's, he's going to fulfill. So it, it, it excites me when I think about God's omnipotence. And of course, uh, when we think about God's omnipotence, we think about all of the miracles that he's uh, uh, able to perform in the Old and New Testament. When I think about God's omnipotence, one of the things that really excites me is the resurrection. No one, no one outside of Christ, uh, no one has ever been able to defeat death. But Christ, when he resurrected, the scripture says that he got up with all power in his hands. And that is the power that we have access to with that dunamis power. So when scripture says that uh, God is the almighty, that's exactly this attribute that scripture is highlighting. God is all powerful. God is almighty. God has full power and there's nothing that he lacks in terms of his potency. Then the next attribute is omniscient or omniscience as some people pronounce it, but omniscient Uh, God is all knowing. He knows everything. Look, listen to Psalms 139 verses one through six. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thoughts from afar off. You scrutinize me. You scrutinize my path, rather, and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue. Behold, oh, Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Psalms 139 verses 1 through 6. So David is basically saying God knows everything about me. There's nowhere I can go that God is not aware 
of where I am, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, who I've been with, what I've said. There's nothing that God doesn't know in this world. He knows everything. He, he, he sees everything. God is fully aware of every single thing. I often tell believers that prayer is not for God's benefit. Prayer is for our benefit and confessing our faults to him during prayer is not again for God. It's for us. So sometimes people say, well, if he already knows what I've done, why do I need to pray about it? Because prayer helps you. It doesn't help God. Prayer liberates you. There's something about talking to God when we when we do it earnestly. There's something about talking to God when we do it with our whole heart. There's something about being honest and naked before God when we leave his presence and we did it from a genuine motive and genuine perspective. He's able to cleanse us. And Bible says that he casts us our sins as far as the east is from the west. So God knowing means something to us or or should mean something to us when people do you wrong god sees it so we don't have to take matters into our own hands god sees it so he's given us a prescription on how to handle difficult people and god would like for us to do it his way not to take matters into our own hands that's when we get into more trouble then in first peter 3 and 12 in terms of his omniscience It says, for the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Again, uh, the the psalmist is, um, I mean, Peter is contrasting and juxtaposing uh, the evil versus the righteous. The evil do things a certain way, but the righteous know that the eyes of the Lord are towards them. God has your back when you are doing the things that he's asked you to do. And his ears are tended to your prayer because you're not going to pray anything that's contrary to his word or to his nature. Then in Proverbs 15 and three, it says the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. So God sees all when you're slighted. God sees it when people are gossiping about you. God sees it when people are when you are being misunderstood, even though you're trying to do good. God sees it when you are trying your best to stand up for him in front of others. God sees it. So don't ever think that you are whatever you're doing for the Lord is in a vacuum. When you are being faithful to your family, when you are discipling your children for the Lord, when you are at work uh, standing up boldly for your faith, when you're in the community testifying about how good God is, you're not alone. Keep professing, keep believing, keep having faith on what he told you to do. God is not a man that he should lie. He is good for his word that he'll be with you. All the way, even to the even unto the end of the world. And when you find yourself in predicaments where 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 there is a need for resources and the need is not immediate, hold on. God is true to His word. If, if when we read Matthew six, 
We see that God takes care of the birds. He takes care of the ladies on the field. God takes care of nature. And if he takes care of all these things, what wouldn't he do for his own children? God is all knowing. He knows how many years I have on this earth. He knows how I'm handling my finances. He knows what I'm doing in terms of investment. He knows how I love people. He knows my shortcomings. He knows if I'm being lazy. He knows everything. And because he knows we are on the spot, he wants us to realize that he knows. So it's okay when you're praying to him to be totally honest. Confess your faults to God and let him liberate you so the devil can't use that as uh, a tool to throw you off track. And when we're not totally honest with God, the devil can come back and use it against us. Then the next character is, uh, attribute rather is omnipresence, meaning that God is present everywhere, but yet does not take up space due to spatial dimensions. Yet he is actively working in all places due to his sustaining of creation. And scripture read in Hebrews 1 and 3. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. And upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the, of the majesty on high. Hebrews 1 and 3. It talk, it's talking about Christ. But yet it says that. Uh, he's the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. So God, specifically uh, God, the son, the Godhead, all being one. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at, at one time, but yet does not take up spatial dimensions. This goes along with God uh, being all knowing because he's everywhere. God knows everything. But on top of that, because uh, God's presence is everywhere. We realize that he's also at the same time keeping things running. If it wasn't for God, uh, we wouldn't be able to breathe. We wouldn't have oxygen. God is the one that's keeping nature running. Nature doesn't run on batteries. But God, because of his power, because of his omnipotence, because of his omnipresence, because of his omniscient, he sees all, he's sustaining all, and because he loves us, he's doing things that we don't even think about. If we were just a tad bit close to the sun, we would burn up. If we were just a tad away from the sun, we would freeze to death. God is the one that placed everything in its perfect position so that his creation with his humanity can survive. So my prayer is that we all start thinking about God and his attributes and see how we can exemplify some of those attributes in a more finite way. I pray that this episode has touched you, that we learn something about our God, and that we go out and express how great God is and give people a sober perspective of God through his son, Jesus Christ. May God bless you. 
Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught, so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.